they knew week one was coming, but I, I think the level of play that um, the Chiefs played at was was uh, a step above probably what they anticipated. You know, I don't think they saw what was coming, and um, it woke us up. There's no doubt. It showed how far we have to come in a short time to get ready to compete in this league, and uh, hopefully um, we show that on Sunday. It's Cliff Kingsbury sitting down with uh, Wolf and Luke yesterday. Fitting that... Uh the title of that bumper song yeah. is It's No Good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish Gambo would have left his blood pressure pills here for me. I, I might need them by the I, I'd be shaking them right now. <laughs> that's uh, that's another interesting comment from Cliff Kingsbury, is it not? It woke us up. They, they We didn't see this coming. <laughs> that, that's good. Didn't see this coming. This is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. How could you not see this coming? What are, are so really? This is this is the rationale for what we saw on Sunday that we weren't prepared for how great the Chiefs are. I'm just. I, I'm it would have looked fl- a lot different Vinny, if we were playing a bad team. <laughs> I'm just flabbergasted by this. Look, we, it, it, the the off season was what it was. It was ripe with headlines and controversies and great talking points and passionate discussions. None of them, almost none of them of the positive variety. But I think all of it, including us in this room, mm-hmm. I think we were waiting. Just wait till the season gets here and we can brush this aside. And it's only week one. Yes, but you have an admittant, you know, your coach admitting we weren't ready with for, for what the, the, the opposition right. brought us in so week one. You can hear that one of two ways. You can hear that. Well, come on. You're the head coach. That is your job. Or or he's pointing the finger at his players again. And this is something he never used to do. He used to be the guy that would always fall on the sword. And now he's to talk about his team doesn't practice hard enough with the same kind of urgency you need to play with. And then this. That 28 to 5. <laughs> It was a they the didn't know how good the Chiefs were. <laughs> they won a Super Bowl two years ago. They were in the AFC Championship oh, game last God. year again. He was an MVP. Um, Dave Pash, the play-by-play voice of the Cardinals, was also on with Wolf and Luke yesterday, and he, I think he, you know, Dave has as a way of summing things up pretty well, mm-hmm. uh, and he summed this Week One performance up pretty well. I just couldn't. Fight the feeling that this felt like week 19, so to speak, of 2021, meaning just a continuation from last year, just another week in last season where the offense struggles to move the ball and defensively giving up chunk plays, points, Guys looking lost. Um, it uh, it was really frustrating. I you and I, Wolf, were talking before the game, and in full disclosure, we did not think the Cardinals were going to win because Kansas City's a great team. They have had all this time to stew about what happened in the playoffs. You knew Patrick Mahomes would play well, also playing against Cliff. I mean, I we, we thought Kansas City would come out guns blazing. We just expected it to be a fair fight, and it wasn't. Yeah, I, yeah I, that's, that's well a said. Very a continuation of 2021 when when it was talked about 
incessantly this offseason about yeah. that won't define us. We'll bounce back from this, and it looked like the same exact product. Hey, listen, it's not the what, it's, it's the how. I I fully expected the Cardinals to lose that game as well. But, I did too. but again, a little competitiveness on offense, I fully expected that. I did not expect this. With eight months in between that playoff loss and, and how bad that football team looked, there's no there's no excuse for looking the same way. I love that phrase. I wish I would have thought about that with my column. But that looked like week 19 of last year. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it looked like. And that, to me, is inexcusable when you have an entire offseason to dissect a problem. Shut up, Jared, and fix the problem. Shut up, Jared. When, when you have all of that in front of you and you know DeAndre Hopkins is not part of the offense and the offense still looks as lost as they did. It's that's why I'm so alarmed. That's why I sound so hyperbolic right now. But and and these comments from yesterday are just they're just making me incandescent with rage is what they're doing. It just it's nonsensical to me. The, the football team wasn't prepared for how good the Chiefs looked on the football field. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Cliff Kingsbury thinks that is a better answer than whatever is really going on to say publicly, well, yeah, that, right, exactly. And it's it, and it, there's just and this is this is what is so frustrating. Steve Kime went on this radio station last Friday. I did not hear this live. I've read about it and said he expects the defense to be really, really good. His words: two reallys, not one, two. Mm-hmm. How, you're a general manager of a National Football League team, and you look at that roster, and that's what you think? When everybody else around, everybody in the Valley, we've been waiting for reinforcements talent-wise on defense, and they never came. <laughs> and now you got those pills, Sarah. I'm, I'm going to need them. I'm going to need them. All right, so you got a, a well-oiled Kansas City machine in week one, and there's a lot of people that are suggesting... Patrick Mahomes heard all the chatter about the AFC West and how the Chiefs' time has come and gone now with the ascension of the Chargers and Russell Wilson with the Broncos and the Raiders adding all the talent that they added, and he filed that away, and he's going to take it out on the league. It certainly looked like that way in Week 1. I mean, yeah. 30 of 39. By the way, uh, I, I don't know if you, you saw the, the pro football focus rankings from, from Week 1. They somehow went over every snap played by every quarterback in the league and had Patrick Mahomes rated as the eighth best quarterback in the league. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. The guy had nine incompletions and five touchdown passes. What eight were... Now, Justin Herbert was phenomenal, so I'm sure he's on the list. Josh Allen was phenomenal. I'm sure he's above him. Josh Allen was above... He was number one. Kirk Cousins, two. Jalen Hurts, three, Whoa. who completed 56% of his passes and no touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill, four. Justin Herbert, five. Jameis Winston, six. Almost seven points higher than Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my goodness. Who completed 77% of his passes for 360 yards and five touchdowns. With about three of the most unbelievable throws you'd ever witness. That crossing right route pass he threw to Travis Kelsey, you heard me in real time. It was It was... Astounding to quote you, it was ridiculous. But to uh, to my point, you get Kansas City in right. Week One. There's not a lot of breaks on this schedule. There wasn't before the season started, and the schedule will evolve as as teams find their identities or get marginalized by injuries. But you go to Las Vegas. Yes, they lost in Week One. I think the Las Vegas Raiders have more talent than the Arizona Cardinals do. Then you take on the Super Bowl champions in Week Three. Carolina, they lost. 
but looked better than I think people thought they would. I mean, even Seattle in week six. Yeah. Yeah, the I mean, Seahawks showed listen, that they have resolve last night. Those next three games are obviously easier on paper, but if you start off zero and three, yeah, there, chaos could be coming in, in throughout the locker room and throughout everyone's mind and uncertainty and all that stuff. So who knows how the next games play out if you start off zero and three? Listen, I thought I thought those two Seahawks games were going to be layups. Yeah, and then I watched last night's game and I thought, uh oh, those were the closest things you could identify on this schedule as. Games the Cardinals should win. Yeah, and and so this is this is quite something, and it's a, a, and and it, this is what I talk about when I talk about the frustration of the fans showing up in the building because there there a, there was you were there there was just there was very little juice in that building on Sunday. Now again, you're down fourteen to nothing in the blink of an eye. It's not on the fans, but I'm saying. They're, they've lost that because because the fan base is smart and it's it, they don't trust what's happening. When was the fan base, the Red Sea, when was it at its strongest? It's when the Cardinals were winning consistently. Mm-hmm. State Farm Stadium was a tough place to play. Uh, yep. And people, uh, and, people were tre- and people were treated to fantastic, entertaining games, win or lose. Yeah. That's when the right. fan... You show up every week, six straight weeks... And you're shelling out money and time, and that's what you're getting. That's when people stop going. That's exactly right. I'm not advocating it. You do it. You, you no, do what you this want is not as on a the consumer. Fans at all? No, this is not on the fans. It's got to be reciprocal. But I'm just saying, it's <laughs> the Cardinals had every opportunity to erase what happened in the playoffs, at least with a, a, a solid showing. Now they've got back to back showings like that that they're trying to erase. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Coming up next, uh, we'll go through the rest of the NFL. Week one, there was a lot to react to in a very, very active beginning to the 2022 season. We'll do that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Play action. Kirk, back to pass. He'll throw right. Look at that. Jefferson uncovered. 2015-10. Dances to the right to the five. One of the highlights from week one, one of the standout players from week one, Justin Jefferson of the uh, Minnesota Vikings, had a huge day against the Green Bay Packers. That was Paul Allen, KFAN. Uh, but, man, it was a, it was an eventful, lots of storylines, lots of reaction from, from week one. You normally get that, and I think uh, that's kind of natural after you every off, uh, preseason becomes more and more uneventful. But I think it was a really entertaining week one around the league. Oh, yeah. No, I, I did as well. A lot of really good games, a lot of surprises, um, a lot of cool stuff, I thought. Um, the you know, big takeaways for me, um, you have to look at – you know some of the teams in the NFC. The Green Bay Packers looked uncompetitive mm-hmm. against Minnesota. They scored seven points in that game. They lose twenty three to seven. No, uh, people were talking about the Dallas Cowboys as one of the favorites in the NFC. Maybe they score three points against Tampa Bay and they lose their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the landscape has already changed. I uh, yeah, I felt a little sheepish because maybe I was wishing for wishing for Tampa to not make the playoffs this year more than actually yeah. looking at it objectively. Look, it's understandable. <laughs> we know de- how you feel. No, I know. That that defense just smothered the Cowboys. I I think if there's a big loser out of week 1, it's Dallas. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think clearly that they're the team that not only not only was they look bad before Dak got hurt, and now they're looking at six to eight without him. Yeah, he got, although he got hurt late in that game. Jerry Jones, I guess today said that he might not. He's not going on the IR and could return in less than four weeks. Dak. Okay. Okay. After having surgery on his thumb? I don't know. Jerry Jones seems to just come out and start saying stuff. Yeah, remember, I mean, Russell Wilson went, had surgery on that middle finger, came back before it was time to come back, and you saw the results. Look, if anyone knows how long it takes to recover from surgery, it's Jerry Jones. Oh, I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't save that for Friday. Jerry if, Jones, this, this, he doesn't want a prolonged taste of the extreme Cooper Rush. No, the 49ers would be, I think, high on the list of losers after week one because I, I don't know how they manage the situation that they've got in San Francisco. Because if they had to get together 15 of the team leaders and sit them down and say, listen, man, if Trey Lance struggles, you got to have his back. We can't have mutiny. We can't have a divided locker room. You got to promise us you'll have his back. The fact that they needed to have that conversation tells you how how much they don't believe in Trey Lance. Yeah, it's like you're basically telling them there's the, we might not win this game and things might get ugly. You need to stand by this guy. So this is their whole season is wrapped on that guy and these decisions they are making. And at what point in time is it too late to go to Jimmy Garoppolo? You don't know, but here's Lewis Riddick from ESPN on uh, how the 49ers are handling their QB situation. I hate to say I'm worried about them, but I'm concerned a little bit about the psyche surrounding the San Francisco 49ers simply because there's so much scrutiny right now on young Trey Lance's head. And look, deservedly so. You get picked third overall, you have a team give up as much draft capital as they gave up in order to move up and pick you. Then, you know, that comes with the territory. But right now, the expectations are so high. High and every single thing this young man does is scrutinized to like an infinite degree. And with Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster and everyone sitting there going every time Trey Lance has a hiccup, well, they need to put Jimmy in. They need to put Jimmy in. Although years ago it was Jimmy isn't good enough to really get us over the hump. I think this football team could wind up just getting mentally worn down and this young man in particular could get mentally worn down. I think the 49ers, oh, yeah. before they made that maneuver, they realized, hey, we're going to go with Trey Lance. We're going to hope for the best, but we got some serious doubts on this. We can't let Jimmy Garoppolo, our safety net, go. Our season might depend on this. And I think I said earlier, I think it's going to be week four. It might be it might be earlier than week four. Because mm-hmm. Trey Lance could do nothing against Chicago. And Chicago, defensively, they played hard. Yeah. You can't score 10 points on the road. No. I know weather may have been a factor, too. Did you see the video of, of Trey Lance before the game warming up? I did not. Throwing a pass with a wet ball, and it just fell out of his hand. Really? Yeah. Did you see <laughs> the guy behind him. Did you see the guy, the fan, holding the big thing of popcorn that just got de- uh, demolished from the rain that was coming down? Yeah, and it was just cascading down on him, <laughs> he and just, he, would, he, wouldn't he wouldn't move. He wouldn't move it, right. Yeah. I know. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, we saw, like, difference of coaching opinions and, and strategies. Brian Dayball, in his debut at the Giants, could have played four overtime, score a touchdown, they're down one, they go for two, they get the two-point conversion from Saquon Barkley, and they win their game. And then Lovey Smith with the Houston Texans, with like 26 seconds left near midfield on fourth and three in a tie ball game in overtime, plays for the tie, punts it away. 
and he talks about his, his, his defense being too gassed. You're the head coach of the Houston Texans. What do you have to lose at this point? How about it? Did anybody expect Lovey Smith to be a head coach in the NFL ever again? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. It's house money def- that, personified. Well, be, because I think the, the fact that that tie was, was basically seen as a victory, that was a bad loss for the Colts. Yeah, to not win that game and, is, is and, bad for them. And, Absolutely. And their, and their kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship. Who? <laughs> Did you great, see that game-winning attempt? <laughs> Mercy. He saw it with those thick goggles. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So it, it's – and then uh, did you hear what Robert Sala had to say? About uh, critics of yeah. the New York Jets? Taking receipts. Oh, this is unbelievable. I know it's going to happen, Salah said, uh, talking about a turnaround. And we're taking all the receipts on all the people who continually mock and say that we're not going to do anything. I'm taking receipts, and I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of you when all is said and now, done. Now, that right there, if you were a Jets fan, you'd go, okay, we're toast. Because he had spent all this time talking about how we don't listen to the noise. We're doing what we do. We don't listen to the noise. And then you drop that. That we're keeping receipts. And Arthur which, Smith did which it, too. Is it? Which is it? You're the coach of the Jets and the Falcons, respectively. You're not in a situation to, to criticize outside critics who think your team stinks. They're exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What do you expect? You're coaching in, well, not in New York, but you're coaching a New York franchise. And you don't think there's going to be skepticism and noise and and nasty headlines in the post and oh Robert Sala is going to need to hire a staff to keep all those receipts for all the criticism. <laughs> yeah, that's that comes true. Out. I mean, again, uh, you're the head coach of the New York Jets, you should be used to it. There's an app for that. You can just send that to Robert Sala. Keep uh, your receipts on the yeah. app. Yeah, the Quicken. The wildest game of the weekend? Well, there was a wild... I mean, Cincinnati-Pittsburgh probably was the wildest with all the missed kicks. Um, How about the Eagles and Lions? 38-35, highest scoring game of the weekend. Yeah, Lions did not give up. Dan Campbell, baby. (laughs) And they still fell three points short. Yeah, I know. And Carson Wentz. Oh, man. Reports of his demise may have been premature. 27-41, 313 yards, four touchdowns. He did throw two picks, but uh, Washington gets a win. Not first win is the Commanders. He was sensational. Hell to the (laughs) Commanders. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So is Jackie the Jet stoked about that? Yeah. Yeah. He's very excited about Carson Wentz. We're, we're trying to think of a pun. Because remember when he played in Philly, they called it Wentzylvania? Oh, yes. okay. So was it like Wentington, D.C. or something? I don't know. It doesn't quite work. <laughs> you better come up with one quick. I'm just saying. <laughs> Boy, the yeah. Cardinals had the, the biggest blowout in the entire first week. Yeah, 23 points. Hell yeah. Yeah. Surprising. Couldn't have seen that coming. We're number one. We're number one. <laughs> Turns out the Chiefs are good. Yeah. Uh, join Four Peaks this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies at uh, I-10 and Warner Road. Coming up next, we'll hit the big stories of the day. Sarah will take us through the Rush Hour reboot. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. 
It is a train wreck Tuesday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We take you through the top stories of the day every single day at this time. I am Sarah Cazell, leading the train wreck with Dan Bickley. Hey. Vince Murata. I want to say hi to you. Oh, hey, girl. <laughs> I have no idea where I found that from. <laughs> and Jared Carlin. Big, long triangles of pizza. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I want to say hello to a big, long triangle of pizza. Yes. That's what I'm interested in. All right, we're calling it a train wreck Tuesday just because, well, I think we're all feeling a little... A little frustrated, a little irked. Yeah, a little. Uh, not only with how Sunday's game went down, but then the follow-up, the explanations, the reasoning uh, by the Cardinals front office, specifically the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. He spoke to reporters yesterday to rehash the loss to the Chiefs, apparently a very good team, guys. And he <laughs> said they need to work on their practice habits just one week into the season. Treat every rep like a, like a game. I think that's the biggest deal. Intensity has to pick up across the board. Um, um, and, yeah, I thought we had a really good practice. Then, obviously, Thursday had some injuries and some stuff happened. And um, just collectively, though, the little things at practice, each and every rep has to get better. And you got to play fast and, um, you know, get your work in during the week to expect to come out and play, play well on Sunday. And, and I think collectively we know we got to be better in that department. And I expect you to be better this week. Okay, so what do you guys think, Dan and Vince, when you hear Kingsbury pin the, their struggles on practice habits, yeah. which he's got full control over? Right, exactly. And, and that's a, it, it makes me infuriated because that, of what you just said. He has got full control over that. If intensity in practice is an issue to the point where it leads to that kind of performance, you as the head coach have to spot that and see that in real time and fix that in real time. Uh-huh. And that, to me is why I get infuriated. Now, a guy like Colin Coward, he hears uh, veiled criticism of the quarterback. Yeah. So, who knows? And and then sometimes Cliff just, you know, is it just seems like he wants to get out of the media setting. Yeah. setting. So, who, who, who knows the validity of it? I don't know. It just makes me mad because... The Camp Cupcake is of his design. That's yeah. of his making. Cupcake with a K. Colin yeah. Cowherd's assertion, yeah, and you use the term veiled criticism of the quarterback, that's another byproduct of the, the, the failed independent study addendum. Exactly. It, it, any Anytime Cliff Kingsbury says anything veiled in any way, it'll automatically get pinned to the quarterback now. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate. And there's one way out of it. Get buttoned up and start winning some football games, or actually look prepared to play uh, play football games. I guess yeah. is step one before you can. We got to you got to crawl before you can walk. Yeah. All right. Kingsbury also said the goal this season is to reach the team's full potential. We just want to reach our potential, and when you're doing stuff like that, making the self inflicted wounds like we saw yesterday, you're not doing it, and it's not anything that we can't correct. We just got to get it done, um, and it's all of us, coaches and players, and. Uh, if we don't get it done, we won't be as good as we can be. At the end, he said, if we don't get it done, we won't be as good as we can be. That was I had to listen to that like three times to figure it out. So with the Cardinals' current roster, guys, what is their potential this year? What is the ceiling for the Cardinals based on what you've seen so far? Well, listen, it, it, to me, it, this was going to be a team where the offense had to carry the defense even at full strength. So I, I think until, uh, hopefully once J.J. Watt returns and hopefully this Trayvon Mullen kid is going to be good once he is ready to play, if he is ready to play, who knows if there's going to be some reinforcements here. But but to me, the, any chance this team has to make the playoffs, you're going to have to do it in spite of your defense. Because 
because yeah. I think that's that to me is is a weakness that they have just for whatever reasons decided not to address. And again, on the subject of reinforcements, and maybe you guys saw this, we haven't talked about it, but I saw a headline late last week that suggested that Antonio Hamilton could be back before week five. Yes. And I know Cliff Kingsbury made reference to Antonio Hamilton saying hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that enough of a reinforcement? I don't know. I still think there's deficiencies there and then you get players back, other players are going to leave with injuries. It's just the nature of the right. beast. I, I I don't know what to expect. Okay. Uh, let's go to last night's Monday night football game in Seattle. A 17-16 win over Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Um, we've, we've already covered it once on this show, but for those who didn't watch last night and are just now tuning in to Bickley and Murata Mornings, Nathaniel Hackett, the Broncos head coach, took the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands in a fourth and five situation with 20 seconds left, and he had the kicker attempt a 64-yard field goal rather than attempt to convert, and of course he did not make that field goal. Here is Jay Williams on ESPN Radio this morning on what Hackett's decision said about Russell Wilson. When you're on the road, given the circumstances of that game, the 12th man in Seattle, the issues that Pete Carroll has had with Russell Wilson, give your quarterback the damn ball. Same way we saw Brian Dable give the ball to Saquon Barkley, go for it, allow your quarterback to then walk into the locker room after you win that damn game, and his teammates look at him and be like, that's the difference this year. We got that dude on our team this year. We're going for it this year. Okay, apparently ESPN Analytics gave the Broncos a 30% win probability on a field goal attempt and a 29% chance to win by going for it. So, incredibly close. What did you guys think about Nathaniel Hackett's decision? I, I thought it was just, it, it was really an abomination. It was a, it was a guy who has never been a head coach completely getting engulfed by the moment. I mean, it, the clock is ticking and you don't know what to do and you waste all that time and then you call it time. Uh, that that to me that's just butchery. I don't think he'll do that again. But whoa, what a what a rough debut for a guy that <laughs> that a lot of people were banking on. Yeah, that's Russell Wilson is not without culpability on that last drive either. It was very very dinkish and dunkish. Dinkish and dunkish. His last three passes uh, went to uh, Javante Williams out of the backfield. One of them lost four yards. Yeah. Um, you know, was there anything he didn't want to press it down the field? I get it. I mean, I'd, but, I, but I'd honestly rather lose on aggression trying to push I, the ball I, down the field. Yes. I, that's a good point. So, the, the, so what you're basically saying is that Russell Wilson kind of choked on it a little bit too, right. and and that you can make that point. Uh, no. f- fearful of making the big mistake in Seattle down the stretch. Also had the play where the ball slipped out of his hands and he tried to cover it up and run with it, with incomplete pass. I mean, he was not without blame. No, that's true. I, I think Bick's assertion that Nathaniel Hackett choked on it in his first game as an NFL head coach is pretty accurate too that was that was horrible yeah he's gonna have to learn from that one pretty quickly no but at least he got all three of his timeouts in yeah <laughs> oh, you no. can't take him with you, Vinny. you can't take him that with last timeout forced a third and 12 from the denver 48 with a couple seconds oh. left with nine seconds left so when yeah, the they, Ma- they really made him work in that victory <laughs> formation how painful was that on the manning cast when peyton's oh. like he's oh, definitely gonna call to they don't know what they're doing here <laughs> so brutal I always forget about the Manning cast when it's on. Yeah. I always hear about a Tuesday morning. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta be... When someone says something ridiculous. And by the way, how weird was uh, Joe Buck and, and uh, Troy Aikman on ESPN? It's just strange. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess what it only kicked that, in once you saw the graphics or the music. That yeah. booth has changed so much over the last 10 years, true. though. That's true. true. 
Thank you, Sarah. Thank, Thank you. you Sarah. We're all rebooted. Now, coming up next, a special treat straight from the football field under the broadcast scene. Ryan Fitzpatrick what? of uh, Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. They make their debut this Thursday. He'll join us next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. That's yeah, a Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, just two days away from the debut of Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. Great game to kick it off. Chargers and Chiefs and joining us from the TNF crew. Ryan Fitzpatrick, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Ryan, good morning to you. How are you, sir? Good morning, and I'm joining you from Gilbert, Arizona. Your, your old stomping ground. How about that? Oh, we should have got him in studio. <laughs> I got to tell you a story oh, real yeah, quick, Ryan. Um, uh, going back to your days at Gilbert Highland High School, I've told this story before on the air, but you, you've never heard it. Um, I was, I was uh, uh, an up-and-coming play-by-play announcer. We used to do the high school game of the week. And I was stoked. I got picked to do Highland versus Hamilton. You against Terrell Suggs. And I got in a car accident on the way to the game, and I never made it to the game. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, how about this? Yeah, that was uh, – it was – so we played them twice. He was a year older than me, and we beat him in the regular season. But then during the playoffs, he wouldn't just play tailback. They put him at defensive yep. end as well. Um, needless to say, we did not beat them in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, right, right. All right, so Ryan, you made some headlines by saying that you would jump through a table at a tailgate if the Bills win a championship, and they look like they might, my man. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just funny the way that it happened because somebody asked me, "Would you?" it wasn't like I said, I declare that I'm going to do this. Somebody asked me a question. What am I going to say? No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge, I am a huge Bills fan. I love Josh Allen. I love that city. Uh, so they're definitely a team that I continue to root for. Ryan Fitzpatrick of Thursday Night Football on uh, Prime Video, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, the debut of, of the new product on uh, Prime Video is Thursday, Kansas City against the Chargers. Great quarterback matchup, but uh, we just got a, a big dose of uh, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City on Sunday. They ran rough shot over the Cardinals. I mean, what did, what did you see from, from the Chiefs in Week 1, Ryan? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Did it look like they slowed down when Tyreek Hill wasn't there, or do you think they're still going to be pretty good on offense? Yeah, yeah, I think I think they got something there, huh? <laughs> you think? That, yeah, yeah I, you know what? Um, I, I do think as the season progresses, uh, we've got. We'll see if they're missing that big play ability, but it was a pretty impressive display by them. Um, you know, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is still there, and I think also as important, Andy Reid is still there calling plays. But uh, we're very, very fortunate that, you know, the first game ever that we get to call for this new Thursday night package is going to be Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I, I think wow. those two guys, probably two of the top four young guys in the league right now. And, you know, they followed the script perfectly by winning their first game. So it just sets up a great matchup. Yeah, that, that is going to be an unbelievable showdown. I'm curious, what do you think uh, about Kyler Murray? I don't know how much you've gotten to, to watch or see uh, him play. Uh, there's He's got skeptics. He's got fans. He's got critics. It, it, it's been an interesting first few years for him on the job your thoughts on on what you see in him yeah i mean it's a different he just plays a little bit different style than maybe what i love to watch all the time the one thing about kyler is if it's going to work then it's going to work 
in Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury. And I think, you know, his skill set is very unique and you have to build a football team around that unique skill set. And, and so that's what Cliff has done. They obviously know each other very well, but this, you know, this season, it didn't start off great. You know, it was a very, very much a struggle until, you know, we got the two junk touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but they need to play better. And, and that, you know, that, uh, the NFC uh, West is just very interesting because everybody thought, you know, well, Seattle's not going to be any good this year. Uh, obviously, the Rams are what they are. 49ers are going to be great. Well, right now we look at the standing, and Seattle's sitting atop it at 1-0. and So um, it's not to say the division is wide open and Seattle's going to win it, but, uh, you know, it's still a tough division to play in. Well, staying in the in the division, the NFC West, I mean, there's another interesting quarterback situation, Ryan. As you know, in San Francisco, Trey Lance gets the start, but they are able to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo with that restructured contract. I mean, how short do you think, uh, you know, the, the leash is for Trey Lance right now? Because everywhere else, it, it appears that the 49ers have a Super Bowl caliber roster. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting situation because they found themselves in the Super Bowl three years ago. They had the season with a bunch of injuries two years ago that didn't go so well. And then last year, they're on the doorstep of going again with Jimmy Garoppolo. And so I know that they believe in Trey Lance. They love the skill set that he has. And, you know, it's, it's going to unlock some things uh, in that offense for Shanahan that maybe he didn't have with Jimmy. But... You know, the, the first game with the rain and everything else was very tough to get a draw on. But I, I will say, as I've watched Trey Lance, my biggest question mark is the accuracy. You know, because the 49ers are a team, the last few years, they lead the league every single year in yards after catch. And that's a lot of that comes from an accurate football throwing to playmakers. They still have those playmakers, but they're going to need those accurate catch and run balls. And I just haven't seen enough of Trey Lance to see that that's going to continue like it did with Jimmy. In terms of the leash, they're telling him it's his team. They've given him the keys. I just think it's a difficult situation with Jimmy Garoppolo in the locker room every single day. If the struggles continue, if we're four or five games in, um, and some of the guys, let's say George Kittle, doesn't have the numbers he's used to having, Trey misses him on a few throws, who does George go and complain to? probably Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's going to be interesting five, six weeks into the season uh, where this thing goes and if this team can stay together and Trey Lance can play better. You put together an amazing career. You were so dependable and you brought such stability to a lot of organizations. What happens if Jerry Jones calls you tomorrow and says, Ryan, (laughs) you still want to play football? Uh, no, I, I am officially retired. I am done. I am really looking forward to, uh, you know, sharing my perspective on Thursday night. And, you know, for me, it's a great transition because I get to stay involved in the game. We're going to travel uh, to all of these Thursday night football games. So I get to feel the energy, get to feel the atmosphere, uh, catch up with a lot of former teammates, former coaches. Uh, and then I don't get to... Um, be hit and uh, scrutinize maybe as much 
as I would as a player. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. The uh, debut of Thursday Night Football on Prime Video is Thursday Night Chargers and Chiefs. And tell us a little bit more about that transition. I mean, you were, you were in the league last year. You got hurt early at Washington. But I'm guessing, Ryan, you were in high demand in terms of uh, broadcast uh, entities wanting to lock down your services. Uh, is that accurate? Well, I think the first thing was I had to I had to make the decision that I was done playing, and unfortunately, the injury that I suffered in week one last year wasn't a great one. It was a hip injury, and it just uh, has been difficult to recover from. And so, I think you know, after having that injury, that was really the first time I thought about, gosh, I could I could possibly be done playing football here. What am I going to do? Um, and so when Amazon came to me and, you know, they signed this new 11-year deal, um, they're going to be showing football in a different way and streaming it. And then the team that they were starting to assemble, I mean, when you tie Al Michaels and Kirk yeah. Herbstreit to anything, you know it's going to be a great product. So it just made a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, I could still be soccer dad on the weekends and have my Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the kids. Um, but I'm really excited for the opportunity and, and hopefully I have a unique perspective that'll be a little bit different than others. Um, and I'll be able to share it with everybody. All right. So since I haven't seen you on television in a while, is the beard still, uh, spectacular? <laughs> Uh, so that was, yeah, that was a request. Keep the beard. Um, and I said, don't worry. If you told me not to keep it, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to take the job. <laughs> my daughters have no interest in seeing me without facial hair. They get very upset when it gets cut. So um, the beard is, uh, it's in mid-season form right now. It's not Excellent. a playoff beard, but it's in mid-season form. Excellent. Nice. Well, best of luck on, on the new venture. Thanks so much for joining yeah. us, Ryan. We Great appreciate career, it. Great brother. Okay, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick of Thursday Night Football on uh, Prime Video. Don't miss the debut of Thursday Night Football. It's this Thursday, September 15th. Four o'clock is when it gets underway locally with TNF Tonight. If you're a Prime member, you can access the stream on Prime Video app on your phone, tablet, connected TV, and across hundreds of devices and Amazon.com. And if you're not, you can sign up for a 30-day free trial. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. And everybody breathing easy that the beard is still very much intact. Coming up next, <laughs> the Tuesday Bickley Blast. Let's do Straight it. Straight ahead, it's Bickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.